Well, during Advent, which started December 1st, if you were around, you heard the Gospel of John every Sunday. We also had Advent devotionals sent to your phone if you signed up for those. I wanted to thank everybody who wrote one of those, and I really enjoyed that. They really went along with the theme of light and life. We're going to be again in the Gospel of John this morning, uh, but talking about hunger and thirst more than light and life. So we're going to do that now in John chapter 6, kind of the second half of John chapter 6, verses 22 through 40. Let's read that now. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal Then they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of, of God that is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you, may have, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, and let us pray. O Lord, on this Sunday, may the words of my mouth And the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as I was reading these in the last few minutes, and really this last week, talking about thinking about the bread of life, and really John chapter 6 starts with the feeding of the 5,000. As Sharon mentioned, it's a chapter of miracles. And I started thinking about food and thinking about, you know, the food I enjoyed at Christmas. Do you guys enjoy Christmas food, holiday food? So... I made a little list, Uh, coffee cake, loved coffee cake, 
honey-baked ham, Christmas cookies, hot chocolate, you know, over Christmas. Then there's New Year's Eve, you know, chips and dips and other kind of stuff, love food. And Jesus here, although he's talking about spiritual food, there is physical food as well. Jesus says he is the bread of life, and so that when we hunger and thirst, he fills us spiritually. But what we didn't read, which I mentioned, was the first part of John chapter 6, before verse 22, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. He has filled them up physically. So the people have seen this miracle, and they're going back and forth across the Sea of Galilee, which was, it's not very far, and they're, they're following him. Uh, and he said, you're following me because you want more food. And the people say, well, Moses gave our ancestors manna, which was bread from heaven. In a sense, he fed them. He physically fed them. And Jesus says, well, it wasn't from Moses. Moses was an instrument to provide for that, but it was God, the Father in heaven, through Moses that gave bread. Well, let's stop for a moment and talk about the physical bread that God provides. And I think it is true and it's good to remember that God provides. God may provide for your family through work, through the careers and jobs that you have, through the things that you're given, through the houses and, and families that we have, God provides for us. And as Moses was an instrument to get manna to the people, to the Israelites, we also can be instruments to help provide for others. When God provides for us, it's not a cul-de-sac, it's not an ending point, but it's, a, it's an opportunity for us then to provide the bread of life to others, to be God's provision to others. I want to share a story and then some statistics. In early December, we had a single father call the church very desperate. And this is not unusual to get phone calls like this at the church. He was desperate, desperate because he had been evicted from his apartment, said that he had two sons and they were uh, looking for a place to live, and he was desperate. If he got enough money for rent, he could get back into his apartment, and then he was sure through some other circumstances, through Social Security and things, he could pay for rent in January. But for now, he needed rent for December. Our church steered him through the, to the Community Assistance Ministry, which is a great ministry that part of the deacons do as well as others. And they were able to check, check out uh, some of his story, and they were able to provide to his landlord $175, another church came alongside him, provided the rest of his rent, and he was able to get back into his apartment for December. He was incredibly thankful and called the church to thank us. Through a home group here, as we're talking about home groups, you can sign up for a new home group today or next week, right? Through a home group here, they pitched in money, they pooled some cash, and, and we were able to get some gift cards for him and some gift cards for his sons to go to McDonald's, maybe with their friends after school. His, his sons are teenagers. Through the food pantry, they provided six bags of groceries, so much we had to get a cart to load it into a car and have a couple of guys go down to deliver it the week before Christmas. So gift cards, some groceries, some Christmas cookies. And ZPC, through that, through a home group, through the food pantry, the, through the community assistance ministry, was able, in a sense, to be Jesus as the bread of life, to be provision for this man and his sons in a time of need. And that's just one story, but you guys have done so much more, and I think it's a good thing as we close out 2019, as we head into 2020, to think about, I would say, what you guys have done to be providers as well. 
that as God provides for us, as he is the bread of life for us, that we can physically also provide for others. And so I'd like to highlight a few of those things that we've collected here over the last couple of weeks. First, our community assistance ministry, which I mentioned, 22 families. You're like, well, only 22, that's not a lot. But 22 families, I know two of those families got multiple gift cards, so they were able to actually go out and shop for those families. 20 families uh, set their Christmas ideas, things they wanted for their families for Christmas, and, and through home groups or through individuals here at ZBC, you provided Christmas for 20 families plus two others. Pretty amazing. Shepherd Community Center, as we said a couple of times, you guys uh, turned in 210 totes, and our goal was 200. Again, those provide food for two weeks uh, for children's families, children who go to Shepherd Community Center to their school or their after-school programs, and they're out of school for two weeks. These provide food for those families, 210 totes. That's pretty amazing. Operation Christmas Child, which was a little earlier, we collected 224 boxes of gifts and gospel for kids. The reason we say gospel is you provided the gifts and then uh, the ministry puts in the gospel in their own language. These goes to, to nations all over the world so they could receive those by Christmas Day. Uh, kids who oftentimes in countries where they won't get Christmas gifts and don't have much at all. You provided that as well. I mentioned the Zinesville Food Pantry that is housed here in our church. And I don't have numbers, but hundreds and hundreds of clients were served from Thanksgiving through Christmas time. And uh, they provided special food uh, the week before Thanksgiving and special food the week before Christmas that clients that come there. And I've been down there a couple of times recently. Each family that comes through gets a grocery cart. They fill the entire grocery cart of food every week for people that qualify and come to the Zinesville Food Pantry. And then Habitat for Humanity and Straight Up Ministry, you guys provided cookies for families that we've built houses for over the years or for kids that straight up. And then through Faith Ministry, through a gift from the Mission Commission, you helped to provide a fiesta for families and children in Mexico. This is what you did. This is one church. This is ZPC. How we can be not only the hands and feet of Christ, but help to provide for physical needs for people around us, to be the bread of life to others. Now, when community assistance ministry provided rent for this gentleman that needed help for one month, one of the questions I had, I wonder what he'll do next month or the month after that. And so we asked him about that, and he said he had means available, and we hope that that's true. When we provide Christmas gifts to faith ministry in Mexico, those are little, small little Christmas gifts, but the people there are incredibly poor. And so I asked David Rodriguez one time, he's the director of faith ministry, I said, so, so you know, we, we provide a little bit to families in Mexico, but... What does that do? And he says, well, it doesn't solve their problems, but he said it provides hope. And this is where I think uh, the spiritual bread comes into play because we can provide physical gifts. But what he said was when you bring a group to Mexico or when we provide through community assistance ministry or a tote of food through Shepherd Community Center, as you have done, it's a physical, it meets a physical need temporarily, but it provides hope. As David said, he said, when you come, it lets people know in Reynosa, Mexico, that they're not forgotten. And when you come in Jesus' name, it lets them know that Jesus has not forgotten them as well. Sometimes they feel that they are forgotten. But when you come, you come in Jesus' name, you bring hope to the people there. So God provides physically, 
and spiritually. Maybe the key verse in this passage is John 6, 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, it was very important that he said, I am. And John uses this language often throughout the Gospel of John because Jesus is the great I am as well. As, as God the Father says that he's the great I am back in Exodus, Jesus is too. And so Jesus is saying, I am God. And by being God, I can quench the spiritual thirst that people have and provide for what we need. Now, Jesus does not merely give bread. He is bread. He is what we need. He says, I am the bread of life. Not just that he gave bread when he fed the 5,000. I am the bread of life. So today we have, we're going to have communion in a little while, and we have the bread up here because Jesus is God. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he means that. Now, when we have bread, if we have the scriptures, we can observe the scriptures, we can read the scriptures, we can look at them, we can talk about them. But with bread, with physical bread, when Jesus says, I am the bread, he wants us to reach out, to touch it. He wants it, us to take it. He wants us to eat it, to partake of it, to partake of him. And in other places in the scripture, Jesus says, I am the living water. He doesn't want us just to observe it, to think about it. He wants us to pour it and to drink of it, to partake of it, to be with him in relationship. He says, I am the bread of life. When we partake of Jesus, he says, we will never hunger and thirst. But what does it feel like to hunger and thirst? I experienced about 15 months ago what it feels like to hunger and thirst in a very deep way. In September of 2018, uh, my niece and nephew, Shelby and Harrison Hunt, died tragically at ages 13 and 15. Because of the way that they passed away and because of their loss at young ages, uh, my family um, was devastated. And I, I think sometimes I think about them being devastated because I felt so sorry for them that they lost, but it was me too. It was incredibly painful. And I, I realized later I had never cried so much in my life over I did a couple of weeks after that happened. And people asked me at the time, a couple of times, they said, <clears throat> do you feel angry at God? And I thought, I thought that's a fine question. And if you've had times in your life, if you felt angry at God, I think that's okay. If you read the book of Job, we read in the Psalms, people get angry at God and they, they call out to God. They question God. But for me, my answer was no. I was angry at what happened, but I was not angry at God. In fact, my response was, I think my natural response was, I was desperate for God. I was hungry for God. I was like someone thirsty looking for water, for something to drink. And I remember in the days after that happened, I would wake up early in the morning, way earlier than my alarm would go off because I couldn't sleep very well. And I would go down to my kitchen table and sometimes and, and, and pray and maybe cry a little bit and then look into scripture, looking for reasons and, and looking for God, desperate for God. And I was thirsting for God. And I was touched because people provided scripture that I had read before, but it, was in an, it sounded new to me as I was reading it now. And 
Two of those are in your bulletin. They're going to be up here on the screens as well because they helped me desperately during those times to send the inside cover of the bulletin. But the first is from Lamentations 3, 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions. They never fail. We may feel like we're being consumed by whatever we're going through in our lives, but God's great love is still there. His compassions never fail fail and so God is with us and this next verse probably spoke the most to me in fact some children that were friends of Shelby's put this on a sign in in Stephanie's yard where she was staying during that time and the sign said this said the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit and during that time in a way I'd never felt in my whole life my family and I felt completely brokenhearted and we felt crushed But we also felt in a very spiritual way that the Lord was very, very close to us. And I don't know if you've ever felt this before, but it seemed like everything else kind of fell away. And the important things that were left were God and faith and family. And despite the sadness, in the midst of sadness, we felt very close to God during that time. God was providing for us spiritually. God was providing for us physically as well. God was providing us physically through people like you as families in our church. My church family and many others provided in in ways that were physical ways that took care of our needs and our family's needs. So I I saw God care for us uh, both physically and spiritually as I hungered and thirst for him. Jesus says, you will never hunger and thirst if you come to him. Who are these promises for? He says, it is for those who come to him and believe in him. When you come to him, you also receive life through Jesus, eternal life, he even says at the end of John 6. And I know that we've all experienced some sort of loss, whether it's a job loss or a loss of a relationship, a loss of a loved one. whenever you're desperate, if you're ever hungering and thirsting in a deep way, turn to Jesus, call out to him. He is the bread of life. Don't just look at it, study it, read it. Believe in him and come to him and partake of him. Cling to him. Author Jim Dennison writes that after World War II, Allied armies gathered up thousands of hungry and homeless children in Europe. They sheltered and fed them, but the children were afraid to go to sleep. Then a psychologist came up with a solution. The children were given a slice of bread, not to eat, but to hold. And they slept well because they knew that they would have food for tomorrow. So like those kids, hold on to Jesus. Again, don't just look at him, study him, think about him. Hold on to him, come to him, cling to him, take part of him. As we begin a new year in just a few, in just a few minutes, uh, as we begin this new year, in a few minutes from now, we will welcome new deacons and elders and ordain and install them into ministry. And we know that they need Jesus as the bread of life as well. We'll ask them, our officers, to serve with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. The elders have to use their gifts to listen and to think and to decide and to serve. And the deacons in so many ways are the physical bread, finding ways to serve the church and people in our community as Jesus' hands and feet. So help them and pray for them 
as they hunger and thirst for God as well. And I've given you a little bit of homework today. It's in your bulletin. I saw some of these fall on the floor, so you might find one if, if you don't. It has the verse, if you'd like to put it up on your mirror or refrigerator or put it in your pocket, of John 6.35 at the top. And then in the bottom is your homework to think about this week and maybe even write an answer in that open space. In the new year, how will you hunger and thirst for God? In the new year, how will you hunger and thirst for God? We talked about resolutions. What is some way that you can hunger and thirst for God in this new year? One way that I'm going to try to do that is to read the Bible in a year. And I'm saying I'm going to try because I've done this before, and I usually don't get it all done in a year. I'll just be honest with that. So I know that. So I started back about two months ago, and I've already started, okay? <laughs> and we'll see if by December 31st I get done. But that's one of my goals for the new year. What are some of your goals? How can you hunger and thirst for God in this new year? To see him and to learn about him in new ways. And with that, let us pray. God, as we're almost a weekend to this new year, we ask that you help us, oh God, to hunger and thirst for you, to come to you, to be with you, to take part of you, so that, God, we can have life with you. We believe these promises to be true, and we know and pray that you will be the bread of life for us as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.